chapter twenty one of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty one when these prodigies do so conjointly meet let not men say these are their reasons they are natural for i believe they are portentous things unto the climate that they point upon casca the reader will discover by referring to the time consumed in the foregoing events that the ariel with her prize did not anchor in the bay already mentioned until griffith and his party had been for several hours in the custody of their enemies the supposed capture of the rebel schooner was an incident that excited but little interest and no surprise among a people who were accustomed to consider their seamen as invincible and barnstable had not found it a difficult task to practise his deception on the few rustics whom curiosity induced to venture alongside the vessels during the short continuance of daylight when however the fogs of evening began to rise along the narrow basin and the curvatures of its margin were lost in the single outline of its dark and gloomy border the young seaman thought it time to apply himself in earnest to his duty the alacrity containing all his own crew together with the ariel's wounded was gotten silently under way and driving easily before the heavy air that swept from the land she drifted from the harbour until the open sea lay before her when her sails were spread and she continued to make the best of her way in quest of the frigate barnstable had watched this movement with breathless anxiety for on an eminence that completely commanded the waters to some distance a small but rude battery had been erected for the purpose of protecting the harbour against the depredations and insults of the smaller vessels of the enemy and a guard of sufficient force to manage the two heavy guns it contained was maintained in the work at all times he was ignorant how far his stratagem had been successful and it was only when he heard the fluttering of the alacrity's canvas as she opened it to the breeze he felt that he was yet secure twill reach the englishman's ears said the boy mary who stood on the forecastle of the schooner by the side of his commander listening with breathless interest to the sounds they set a sentinel on the point as the sun went down and if he is a trifle better than a dead man or a marine asleep he will suspect something is wrong never returned barnstable with a long breath that announced all his apprehensions were removed he will be more likely to believe it a mermaid fanning herself this cool evening than to suspect the real fact what say you master coffin will the soldier smell the truth they're a dumb race said the coxswain casting his eyes over his shoulders to ascertain that none of their own marine guard was near him now there was our sergeant who ought to know something seeing that he has been afloat these four years maintained dead in the face and eyes of what every man who has ever doubled good hope knows to be true that there was no such vessel to be fallen in with in them seas as the flying dutchman and then again when i told him that he was a know-nothing and asked him if the dutchman was a more unlikely thing 
than that there should be places where the inhabitants split the year into two watches and had day for six months and night the rest of the time the greenhorn laughed in my face and i do believe he would have told me i lied but for one thing and what might that be asked barnstable gravely why sir returned tom stretching his bony fingers as he surveyed his broad palm by the little light that remained though i am a peaceable man i can be roused and you have seen the flying dutchman i never doubled the east cape though i can find my way through le mer in the darkest night that ever fell from the heavens but i have seen them that have seen her and spoken her too well be it so you must turn flying yankee yourself to-night master coffin man your boat at once sir and arm your crew the coxswain paused a moment before he proceeded to obey this unexpected order and pointing towards the battery he inquired with infinite phlegm for shore work sir shall we take the cutlasses and pistols or shall we want the pikes there may be soldiers in our way with their bayonets said barnstable musing arm as usual but throw a few long pikes into the boat and hark ye master coffin out with your tub and whale-line for i see you have rigged yourself anew in that way the coxswain who was moving from the forecastle turned short at this new mandate and with an air of remonstrance ventured to say trust an old whaler captain barnstable who has been used to these craft all his life a whale-boat is made to pull with a tub and a line in it as naturally as a ship is made to sail with ballast and out with it out with it interrupted the other with an impatient gesture that his coxswain knew signified a positive determination heaving a sigh at what he deemed his commander's prejudice tom applied himself without further delay to the execution of the orders barnstable laid his hand familiarly on the shoulder of the boy and led him to the stern of his little vessel in profound silence the canvas hood that covered the entrance to the cabin was thrown partly aside and by the light of the lamp that was burning in the small apartment it was easy to overlook from the deck what was passing beneath them dillon sat supporting his head with his two hands in a manner that shaded his face but in an attitude that denoted deep and abstracted musing i would that i could see the face of my prisoner said barnstable in an undertone that was audible only to his companion the eye of a man is a sort of lighthouse to tell one how to steer into the haven of his confidence boy and sometimes a beacon sir to warn you there is no safe anchorage near him returned the ready boy rogue muttered barnstable your cousin kate spoke there if my cousin plowden were here mr barnstable i know that her opinion of yon gentleman would not be at all more favourable and yet i have determined to trust him listen boy and tell me if i am wrong you have a quick wit like some others of your family may suggest something advantageous the gratified midshipman swelled with the conscious pleasure of possessing his commander's confidence and followed to the taffrail over which barnstable leaned while he delivered the remainder of his communication i have gathered from the longshoremen who have come off this evening to stare at the vessel which the rebels have been able to build that a party of seamen and marines have been captured in an old ruin near the abbey of st ruth this very day tis mr griffith exclaimed the boy ay the wit of your cousin catherine was not necessary to discover that now i have proposed to this gentleman with the savannah face that he should go into the abbey and negotiate an exchange i will give him for griffith and the crew of the alacrity for manuel's command and the tigers 
the tigers cried the lad with emotion have they got my tigers too would to god that mr griffith had permitted me to land it was no boy's work they were about and room was scarcer in their boat than live lumber but this mr dillon has accepted my proposition and has pledged himself that griffith shall return within an hour after he is permitted to enter the abbey will he redeem his honour from the pledge he may said mary musing a moment for i believe he thinks the presence of mr griffith under the same roof with miss howard a thing to be prevented if possible he may be true in this instance though he has a hollow look he has bad-looking lighthouses i will own said barnstable and yet he is a gentleman and promises fair tis unmanly to suspect him in such a matter and i will have faith now listen sir the absence of older heads must throw great responsibility on your young shoulders watch that battery as closely as if you were at the masthead of your frigate on the lookout for an enemy the instant you see lights moving in it cut and run into the offing you will find me somewhere under the cliffs and you will stand off and on keeping the abbey in sight until you fall in with us mary gave an attentive ear to these and divers other solemn injunctions that he received from his commander who having sent the officer next to himself in authority in charge of the prize the third in command being included in the list of the wounded was compelled to entrust his beloved schooner to the vigilance of a lad whose years gave no promise of the experience and skill that he actually possessed when his admonitory instructions were ended barnstable stepped again to the opening in the cabin hood and for a single moment before he spoke once more examined the countenance of his prisoner with a keen eye dillon had removed his hands from below his sallow features and as if conscious of the scrutiny his looks were to undergo had concentrated the whole expression of his forbidding aspect in a subtle gaze of hopeless submission to his fate at least so thought his captor and the idea touched some of the finer feelings in the bosom of the generous young seaman discarding instantly every suspicion of his prisoner's honour as alike unworthy of them both barnstable summoned him in a cheerful voice to the boat there was a flashing of the features of dillon at this call which gave an indefinable expression to his countenance that again startled the sailor but it was so very transient and could so easily be mistaken for a smile of pleasure at his promised liberation that the doubts it engendered passed away almost as speedily as the equivocal expression itself barnstable was in the act of following his companion into the boat when he felt himself detained by a slight hold of his arm what would you have he asked of the midshipman who had given him the signal do not trust too much to that dillon sir returned the anxious boy in a whisper if you had seen his face as i did when the binnacle light fell upon it as he came up the cabin ladder you would put no faith in him i should have seen no beauty said the generous lieutenant laughing but there is long tom as hard-featured a youth of two score and ten as ever washed in brine who has a heart as big eye bigger than that of a kraken a bright watch to you boy and remember a keen eye on the battery as he was yet speaking barnstable crossed the gunwale of his little vessel and it was not until he was seated by the side of his prisoner that he continued aloud cast the stops off your sails mr mary and see all clear to make a run of everything recollect you are short-handed sir god bless ye and do you hear if there is a man among you who shuts more than one eye at a time 
i'll make him when i get back open both wider than if tom coffin's friend the flying dutchman was booming down upon him god bless ye mary my boy give em the square sail if this breeze off shore holds on till morning shove off as barnstable gave the last order he fell back on his seat and drawing back his boat cloak around him maintained a profound silence until they had passed the two small headlands that fanned the mouth of the harbour the men pulled with muffled oars their long vigorous strokes and the boat glided with amazing rapidity past the objects that could be yet indistinctly seen along the dim shore when however they had gained the open ocean and the direction of their little bark was changed to one that led them in a line with the coast and within the shadows of the cliffs the coxswain deeming that the silence was no longer necessary to their safety ventured to break it as follows a square sail is a good sail to carry on a craft dead afore it and in a heavy sea but if fifty years can teach a man to know the weather it's my judgment that should the aerial break ground after the night turns at eight bells she'll need her mainsail to hold her up to her course the lieutenant started at this sudden interruption and casting his cloak from his shoulders he looked abroad on the waters as if seeking those portentous omens which disturbed the imagination of his coxswain how now tom he said sharply have ye turned croaker in your old age what see you to cause such an old woman's ditty tis no song of an old woman returned the coxswain with solemn earnestness but the warning of an old man and one who has spent his days where there were no hills to prevent the winds of heaven from blowing on him unless they were hills of salt water and foam i judge sir there'll be a heavy north-easter setting in upon us afore the morning watch is called barnstable knew the experience of his old messmate too well not to feel uneasiness at such an opinion delivered in so confident a manner but after again surveying the horizon the heavens and the ocean he said with a continued severity of manner your prophecy is idle this time master coffin everything looks like a dead calm this swell is what is left from the last blow the mist overhead is nothing but the nightly fog and you can see with own eyes that it is driving seaward even this land breeze is nothing but the air of the ground mixing with that of the ocean it is heavy with dew and fog but it's as sluggish as a dutch galliot ay sir it is damp and there is little of it rejoined tom but as it comes only from the shore so it never goes far on the water it is hard to learn the true signs of the weather captain barnstable and none get to know them well but such as study little else or feel but little else there is only one who can see the winds of heaven or who can tell when a hurricane is to begin or where it will end still a man isn't like a whale or a porpoise that takes the air in his nostrils and never knows whether it is a south-easter or a north-easter that he feeds upon look broad off to leeward sir see the streak of clear sky shining under the mists take an old seafaring man's word for it captain barnstable that whenever the light shines out of the heavens in that fashion tis never done for nothing besides the sunset in a dark bank of clouds and the little moon we had was dry and windy barnstable listened attentively and with increasing concern for he well knew that his coxswain possessed a quick and almost unerring judgment of the weather notwithstanding the confused medley of superstitious omens and signs with which it was blended but again throwing himself back in his boat he muttered then let it blow griffith is worth a heavier risk and if the battery can't be cheated it can be carried 
nothing further passed on the state of the weather dylan had not ventured a single remark since he entered the boat and the coxswain had the discretion to understand that his officer was willing to be left to his own thoughts for nearly an hour they pursued their way with diligence the sinewy seamen who wielded the oars urging their light boat along the edge of the surf with unabated velocity and apparently with untired exertions occasionally barnstable would cast an inquiring glance at the little inlets that they passed or would note with a seaman's eye the small portions of sandy beach that were scattered here and there along the rocky boundaries of the coast one in particular a deeper inlet than common where a run of fresh water was heard gurgling as it met the tide he pointed out to his coxswain by significant but silent gestures as a place to be especially noted tom who understood the signal as intended for his own eye alone made his observations on the spot with equal taciturnity but with all the minuteness that would distinguish one long accustomed to find his way whether by land or water by landmarks and the bearings of different objects soon after this silent communication between the lieutenant and his coxswain the boat was suddenly turned and was in the act of dashing upon the spit of sand before it when barnstable checked the movement by his voice hold water he said tis the sound of oars the seamen held their boat at rest while a deep attention was given to the noise that had alarmed the ears of their commander see sir said the coxswain pointing towards the eastern horizon it is just rising into the streak of light to seaward of us now it settles in the trough ay here you have it again by heavens cried barnstable tis a man-of-war's stroke it pulls i saw the oar-blades as they fell and listened to the sound neither your fisherman nor your smuggler pulls such a regular oar tom had bowed his head nearly to the water in the act of listening and now raising himself he spoke with confidence that is the tiger i know the stroke of her crew as well as i do of my own mr mary has made them learn the new-fashioned jerk as they dip their blades and they feather with such a roll in their rullocks i could swear to the stroke hand me the night-glass said his commander impatiently i can catch them as they are lifted into the streak you are right by every star in our flag tom but there is only one man in her stern sheets by my good eyes i believe it is the accursed pilot sneaking from the land and leaving griffith emmanuel to die in english prisons to shore with you beecher at once the order was no sooner given than it was obeyed and in less than two minutes the impatient barnstable dillon and the coxswain were standing together on the sands the impression he had received that his friends were abandoned to their fate by the pilot urged the generous young seaman to hasten the departure of his prisoner as he was fearful every moment might interpose some new obstacle to the success of his plans mr dillon he said the instant they were landed i exact no new promise your honour is already plighted if oaths can make it stronger interrupted dillon i will take them oaths cannot the honour of a gentleman is at all times enough i shall send my coxswain with you to the abbey and you will either return with him in person within two hours or give mr griffith and captain manuel to his guidance proceed sir you are conditionally free there is an easy opening by which to ascend the cliffs dillon once more thanked his generous captor and then proceeded to force his way up the rough eminence follow and obey his instructions said barnstable to his coxswain aloud tom long accustomed to implicit obedience handled his harpoon and was quietly following in the footsteps of his new leader when he felt the hand of the lieutenant on his shoulder you saw where the brook emptied over the hillock of sand said barnstable in an undertone tom nodded assent 
you will find us there riding without the surf twill not do to trust too much to an enemy the coxswain made a gesture of great significance with his weapon that was intended to indicate the danger their prisoner would incur should he prove false when applying the wooden end of the harpoon to the rocks he ascended the ravine at a rate that soon brought him to the side of his companion End of chapter twenty one